Welcome to the Lindsay and Tony podcast, where we talk about spirituality, business, and life experiences. In this podcast, we're bringing our private conversations to you. We believe that it's through discussion, action, and reflection that true change occurs. Hello and welcome to episode 72, Suppressing Psychic Awareness Through Addiction with Anthony Maraca. In this episode, I interview my friend and psychic medium, Anthony Maraca. We talk about his journey going from addiction to discovering his psychic mediumship abilities. Whether you are someone that suffers from addiction or you know someone that does, this episode will be eye-opening for you. It's time to start becoming aware of the correlation between highly sensitive people and the addiction epidemic. Welcome, Anthony. I'm so happy that you're here, and I'm excited for everyone to hear your journey um, because you have so much to share with the world that I feel like I know you because we've known each other since, I think it was 2013, right? Yeah. Chicago, we met at Lisa Williams's class. It was one of my first mediumship classes that I even I took, and um, and I felt like there's some people that you just click with right away, and I felt like, Anthony, you were one of them, and um, even though we don't see each other as often as I would like, because we're in two different states, I'm just glad that we're connected. So welcome, and I just want to hear your story with your spiritual journey, and coming into mediumship, and you know, sometimes we don't know what other people have been through throughout their life. And I know you've had an experience where spirituality came into your existence, but I want to hear how that happened for you. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for having me, first off. And and, uh, I'm always uh, grateful to stay connected. Um, It's been, I can't believe it's been that long, actually. I know. I can't believe we were in 2019. So, uh, so again, thank you uh, for your connection and and allowing me for, for being here. Uh, so a little bit about, again, I'll give you the real short version, you know, in, into my mediumship. For me, it wasn't, you know, I, I don't remember seeing spirit as a child. That, that just wasn't my thing. You know, I, I don't remember a lot of my childhood, though, to be quite honest with you. So to, to say if I do or don't, I, I couldn't tell you. I feel like I blocked a lot of subconsciously I must have blocked a lot of my childhood out I must have you know gone through an emotional kind of upbringing uh there Mm -hmm. so for me I know that I was not a believer I was a full-blown skeptic I didn't believe in mediumship I remember seeing I always say this I remember seeing John Edward on tv probably a god it's got to be 20 years ago or 19 years ago now uh, when he had crossing over on and I remember flipping through the channels that day being home daytime tv and I said those people are paid actors and I flipped the channel as I watched him make one connection uh, there. And so that was just my belief. I just didn't believe. And for me, it was uh, many years later, I actually went to a gallery. Someone actually at my work at the time asked me if I wanted to go. And I remember it was about nine o'clock in the morning when they asked me. And I said, well, what's that? And they said, oh, do you ever see that guy, you know, John Edward on TV? And I said, yeah, they said, well, it's like that. I said, nah, it's not real. And I walked out of the office, you know, and interesting enough, later on, my, as the day went on, knowing now, looking back how perfect it was, as the day went on, my, my, my thinking started to change, not of believing in it, but that I think I should go to this. Uh, so it was really weird. So about, you know, that it was, this woman was the secretary at the time of, of the, where I was working. And so she, she left at like 4.30 or 4.45. So I think at like 4.20, I walked in the office. I'm like, oh, you're still, you're still going? She's like, yeah. I go, yeah, save me a seat. 
And so I went down there, you know, again, not expecting anything, just to kind of check it out. And long and behold, I was the second person called on, you know, in, in from this medium. And she made me stand up in front of all these people. And at the time, they were actually doing this in Barnes & Noble. So Barnes & Noble used oh. to do them. So they used to, I guess, That's do this. actually surprising. I can't imagine that, but that's a good setting. Yeah, it's, it, was, it was different, you know, it was Barnes & Noble. And so... She, this woman said them things to me that I just couldn't understand how could she possibly know. Uh, I mean, very specific evidence around my life that was happening. Uh, and she had brought, she was bringing through my grandmother. And I, we just, I just couldn't understand how, how she would know this. So it, it turned my thinking around, right? How now, old were you there? God, I had to have been probably around, I would say around 24, 25 okay. uh, years old then. Uh, then you know, later on, and, and I was at that, for me, I had a big issue with drugs and alcohol throughout my life uh, there from a young age. And, and I mean, by my age of 21, I was actually in and out of, I think, three rehabs already, uh, three different uh, times in rehab, uh, because I just couldn't get sobriety in some sense. So at this time around 24, 25, and now I'm sober. And I now I'm starting to believe in this stuff. And it really uh, made me curious. So I start doing research, I guess, on it. But, I, you know, I still had that skeptical mind uh, there. So fast forward uh, all the way until I'm about 32 or 33. Uh, that's when I went, I went back out and relapsed around uh, 2007 or 2008. So I went back out there and I became a bartender, which is always great to do. <laughs> uh, I became a sober bartender uh, and that really didn't work. So eventually I relapsed and for two years straight, I, I kind of just really found a new hell on earth. And uh, I was started to pray again and actually asked, you know, uh, God uh, for help and for to get sober again, because my life was totally unmanageable. And every, everything was just crumbling down around me. And so I get sober through these weird circum circumstances, uh, again. And as I get sober this time, I'm not understanding why I'm here. Like, why am I here? You know, I'm now, you know, 32 or right around 32 or 33 and uh you know i haven't really found my purpose in life at this point i've worked jobs I, i've done mm -hmm. good at you know the jobs that i worked at sales I, you know my father owned a business a machine shop so i worked for him as a machinist uh i did sales I, I was a bartender i did all these different types of jobs and i never really found my purpose and on, on top of it there was I've had multiple car accidents at this point. I've crushed my car into a, a telephone tree. Uh, I had run-ins with the police. I got shot at in, um, in Fairfield, New Jersey by a police officer uh, there that uh, it, it could have been life or death, literally, because it, it was so close to me that it, it knocked me unconscious onto the street. And I'm, I'm not understanding, why am I here? And so I start praying, and I remember praying this prayer for about a week, week and a half, and all this synchronistic stuff started to happen to me and I couldn't deny anymore like there was some weird kind of connecting of the dots that was happening with the people that were coming out the right. places I was in at that exact same time with the messages I was starting to receive and so this you know a friend an old friend came along and, and told me to uh, I should go for a reading and I was like, a reading, what, you know, what are you talking about? And they said it was a psychic, you know, and I said, nah, you know, but again, I couldn't deny of all this stuff. And even a close friend of mine, when I was driving, we were driving home from a 12 step meeting, a guy, he said, dude, you should go, you should just go. Cause all this weird stuff's happening. And, and was so that I, before or after the Barnes and Noble thing? 
That was, this was years after Barnes and Noble. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was 25. So now I'm around 32 or okay. 33. And now I'm sober. I'm just coming back from my relapse. So I'm getting sober. Uh, maybe I had about a month or two sober. And that's when all these weird, that's when I started that prayer, you know, use me as you will. I don't know why I'm here, yeah. but God, please just take my life and, and I surrender and use me how, how I'm supposed to be here. Show me what my purpose is. Uh, type of a, a prayer here that I prayed for, like I said, for about a week, week and a half. And that's when all those things started happening. So my friend said, you should go to, you know, you should just do it. Like, it doesn't matter if it's a site, you should just do it. Cause all these, I, I can't believe these weird things that are happening to you. And so I did do it. And it's funny, again, you know, I'm, I'm kind of an open book. I, I share in the sense of the honesty because not because of my story, but hopefully if anyone listens that they have, there's some sort of hope here. At the time, I didn't even have a bank account. You know, I, uh, three banks just closed bank accounts on me. I had nothing, you know. So I even had to actually, the girl that said, the woman that said you should go for this reading, I actually had to bring her the money. She was a school teacher. I had to show up at her school, give her the money so she could pay for it on her debit oh, card for me. Cause I didn't have a bank account and that's how the, the, the psychic works. So, uh, sure enough, I, you know, I set up this phone appointment and this woman, you know, gets on the phone and she does a great reading, you know, and I didn't know what to expect. And, uh, she again, nailed a lot of things that I was going through at that point in time, which this woman has no clue who I am. Right. Uh, and long and behold, I thought it was interesting. I said, wow, you know, I felt supported by, I guess what I would call now the spirit world. She did bring up through angels too, as well. And, and uh, after I got off the phone, I said, that was really interesting. She did hit a lot of things. I can't deny that. And about two days later, the, the woman that set this up messages me and says, uh, I'm sorry, it wasn't two days. It was about a week later, uh, says to me, you know, have you been thinking of that psychic? I said, no, what are you talking about? And she, sa <laughs> she says, uh, no, well, she wants to talk to you. And as I'm picking up my phone to say, I don't have money because I still have a skeptical mind. I'm thinking this woman wants my money again. Like, I don't have any money. She actually messaged me back. It was the time of BBM, so Blackberry Messenger. Oh, yeah. Uh, she was like, she was already wrote back, actually. She said, uh, she knows you don't have any money. She needs to talk to you. You've come in, in spirit uh, for the last past week. You've come up in, in her, through spirit with her. It was all her. And that gives me goosebumps when you just said so that. I said, sure. All right, make it for Tuesday. Yeah, it was interesting, right? And she said, I said, you know what, make the... Uh, you know, make it for Tuesday. I'm open. She goes, no, she wants to talk to you tomorrow. I'm like, okay, fine. Just make it. Mm -hmm. So I get on back on the phone with this woman. She says the same thing. I know you don't have money, but you've come up in every reading. Uh, Spirit has brought you up in every reading this past week. I, you know, there's some sort of message. Let me just, you know, key in, tune in, uh, and let's see what happens here. And she gave me another, you know, she gave me this, you know, beautiful, uh, again, validation, evidence, more things that were happening, what was going on in that past week. So, which made me believe her. And then she told me that I, you know, I was very energetically sensitive and I had this ability. Um, and that I, you know, if I chose to follow it or, or not, but, uh, and I felt like at that time, I, I think when I hung up, I was like, oh, I got nothing better going on. You know, like I, again, I didn't know, you know, here I am. I prayed this prayer, right? I prayed this prayer of God, use me as, you know, you see fit. What is, you know, thy will for my life, uh, whatever you want me to go, you, you know, that's the way I'll go. And now all of this stuff is happening to me and here, this lady's telling me that this is, you know, who I am or what I am, if I choose to follow it. And she told me that weird things were going to start happening to me and that uh, here was her, you know, email and phone number and she wouldn't charge me again because she knows that some weird stuff's going to start happening and I'm going to need to talk to someone uh, about it. So, you know, that was like, I, you know, I remember she said, you know, you should look into Reiki and uh, maybe take a class on it or learn about it. You know, it will help you to learn energy or feel energy. Right. 
And so I, you know, we got off the phone and I was, you know, kind of dumbfounded. And then she, she did bring up a lot of these things that were going to start happening to me. Like, I think she, she brought up about like seeing hawks and stuff. And literally like the next day I'm out walking my dog, here comes this hawk. Like, and it just, I felt like this thing following me. Like, I felt like so weird. Like, everywhere I went, because I lived in this condo complex at the time, and I was walking my, my uh, Tasha, my Doberman, everywhere I went, this hawk was around. And I was like, what's going on? It was like, she said it was an omen. And, and again, I think that omens, you know, I, my belief of what an omen was was supposed to be uh, bad, you know? Because right. it, it yeah. sounds like omen. It doesn't necessarily thing. mean bad, you know? And uh, so, th again, it, it continued on. You know, these synchronicities continued on, and I started to teach myself how to meditate. And, and through that, through the meditation, when I would lay down, I, it, I really felt like I was going into a trance. Right. And I would start to see and hear things that were just didn't, I, I, I couldn't deny, which was weird. I'll tell you, it was weird for me because, again, I am now sober. And right. these things are happening to me. And I, and I feel like I can't tell anyone because God forbid they're going to think that I'm back on drugs or I've realized yeah. again, you know what I mean? I've, I've gone through this, 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 you know, again, I, I didn't just get sober once or twice. It was, you know, six, seven times that I would go into uh, 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 some sort of sobriety, a program, a halfway house. I've been through three rehabs. I've been to a halfway house twice. Uh, I've been through in and out of hospitals uh, because of, you know, problems with my physical being through, through addiction. So uh, I, it was like, well, I can't tell anyone this. And but eventually, you know, I talked to that woman or I was talking to that woman. I was sending her messages. And I just started to, like I said, out in public, I would, our sensitivity, it became so overwhelming that I would walk by people yeah. and I would start to know everything about them. It was becoming weird. Like, what is happening? Like, and, and I'm thinking, I just know the person. Like, no, I have to know this. I have to know this woman. She yeah. must have came into the bar at one point where I was working in bartending. Maybe she told me her life story. And it was like this weird, you know, and I remember I would go back to that woman and I would say, you know, what is this happening? And she'd say, oh, that's a psychic impression. You know, you walk through her energy, you felt it, you picked it up and you, you understood everything about her. Yes. Okay. So I'm so glad that you're bringing this up because I feel like there's a lot of people that I'm connected to that I went to high school with. And I'm from a, a small town outside of um, Boston. And I feel like Norwood, my hometown, is filled with all different types of drug, drugs right now. Like it's actually, um, Norwood is in the, the Guinness Book of World Records for the most amount of bars in the smallest uh, radius. <laughs> and then also the people that stay in that town, they grow up and they have kids in that town. Like that's, those are the two things that they're in the book for. And what's happening is, is what I've recognized is even friends that I've had that either played sports and tore their ACL ended up taking pain meds and then the pain meds, you know, they started to get numb from the pain meds and then they had to go further through the drugs. Yeah. Um, a lot of my friends are very psychic. And I, I have a friend, which I don't know if I told you this, Anthony, um, you might've seen me post it up. I have a friend and he was struggling with addiction for years. And it just started to, he'd, he'd be in and out of rehabs, just like you're saying, go into the, the halfway houses and, he was really motivated to get through it. He's very spiritual too, very psychic for as long as I've known him, but he just died actually. Um, it was, gosh, I feel like it was either last summer. I should remember this. I think it was in the summertime, um, but he's come through since he died and I've communicated with him since he's passed. But 
one of the things that I recognized with him was he was so psychic. He would feel everything. And it was just like, he tried to get ahead and then like something else would happen. So I want people that are listening, because I know there's going to be people listening here that are suffering. Um, when you do, when you're aware of this, you're aware of sensing the feelings that could be overwhelming. So can you tell them what you do now? Because I think at the beginning of my mediumship, I didn't know how to, I would suppress it or I would feel anxiety. Like it felt like anxiety, but really I was feeling other people's stuff mixed with my own anxiety. But yeah. can you share some tips about that? Yeah. I mean, again, you know, psychic self-care or self-care, right? Self-care is uh, very important for any psychic or medium, uh, especially because again, it's sensory overload, you know, we're really, yeah. our energetic system is, is going through kind of probably haywire in some sense where it turns out that we, we feel like we're feeling anxiety, you know? So one of the things for me is it, what I was very taught on very early too was psychic self-defense. That's probably why I said psychic before psychic self-defense. And so, you know, in the morning time, when I get up, um, I, I really just, you know, I, I, I do psychic self-defense, you know, I encircle myself within the white light of God's love and divine protection. And, and I envision kind of myself being in a bubble. I just bubble myself and I uh, uh, envision that it being, uh, you know, in that white light of, of that protection, you know, and that, so that, that, I mean, and it takes you, it's not a, like, a, I'm not, a, I'll tell you right now, I am not a ritualistic person. I yeah. don't do the whole like open up and you know, I don't do all that uh, for myself. I just don't have the time. I feel like so, you know, psychic self, uh, psychic self protection. It takes ten to fifteen seconds to do it as I get up, and you know, it's funny to me because a lot of people. Uh, this is again, this is for me. This is for my belief. Uh, it's not about the dead. It's not about the deceased. I'm protecting from. I'm protecting myself from the living. I'm protecting myself from the energy that I'm about to, you know, feel out throughout my day here. Whether that be. Um, even my children, I mean, children, right? I have two little kids. I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old, Mila and Phoenix. And I'm not, you know, kids, they're jumpy, they're crazy. They want to have fun. Woo. And sometimes I get overloaded with their energy. Like, whoa, whoa you know what I mean? I could zoo. And yeah. so even that, sometimes I need to just protect myself from it because I, I, I sense that awareness, sense that, uh, um, that energy, and it, and it just kind of makes my, my system go haywire. So the number one thing I would say is psychic self-defense. You know? And again, you know, that, that if I do that in the morning and I know later on in the day, like I, I know that uh, years ago before I left my day job to do uh, mediumship full-time, I worked in a very negative atmosphere, so a very negative atmosphere. And probably a lot of people that work day jobs could probably say that about their atmosphere. Uh, so I know that if someone was coming around or I know that, you know, if I was coming back from lunch, I would just redo it again. I would just re-say it in my mind. I would re-envision myself in the bubble in that, that kind of uh, space there uh, because I needed it later on in the day to kind of just re-up on it or whatever you want to yeah. call it. Another thing is, too, is if I knew that I was having a conversation with someone that potentially was very negative or, or had uh, I've had encounters before and I felt weird vibes leaving or uh, I didn't want to start to sense anything about this person. Uh, one of the things I actually learned was about putting a mirror up in front of me. Uh, so again, I just envision, I just visualize just putting a mirror up in front of my face and that mirror then blocks their energy and it sends it back to them. So none of their projection either comes on to me too as well, but also as well as their energy. So I feel that negativity 
that 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 sometimes we leave we walk away from someone you know you're in a great mood right and all of a sudden you have a conversation with someone it could even be on the phone and they dumped all their kind of negative energy on them all their problems as you've been that that light for them in that conversation but you wind up leaving you hang up the phone you leave you walk away you get in your car and drive away and you're in a good mood and 10 minutes later you're feeling down you're feeling guilt, you're feeling a little shame, you can see me going out of my seat, and you're all of a sudden, you're like, what's going on here, you know, and that I feel like was that energetic transfer, so I would put a mirror up. I um, really love that, I've never heard of that before, Yeah, it's funny, because as we're talking about this, I'm thinking of when I first started doing mediumship, I was all about the bubble, you know, like, I'm going to protect myself, um, and I don't believe in protecting ourselves from past loved ones either, but the funny thing is, is I... I've changed my thought process about it, but I totally love the mirror thing. And I want to share this with you too. You know how I love Anita Morjani? Yeah. Yeah. So she talked about, definitely, I feel like humans are, can be overwhelming with the energy. You feel all their stuff and us being empathic, um, we can take on that energy. So she talked about when we're in our power and we have our boundaries in place and we're, you know, we're being ourselves and we're not holding back that automatically we're not going to be drained. And it woke me up and I'm thinking, when do I crouch down and pull in my light? Cause I'm afraid to, to show myself yeah. or to, I get shy cause I'm naturally like a more introverted person. And I think you are too, Anthony, we've probably spoke about this. Um, and people won't think that, like listening to this, if they've seen us um, before, they might not know that we're introverted, but that's actually what it is. That's the reality of it. But if we're ourselves the whole time, then we wouldn't feel drained. So I feel like, and I, I have not suffered from addiction. I definitely have drank and, and that sort of thing. But have you found that when you're in a place of... Um, feeling overwhelmed because you're you're dealing with the struggle like when you were in the addiction did you feel like you weren't as on top of your game as you are now where like now you do the meditation you you exercise you're doing all these things do you feel different from when you felt then compared to when i was in my addiction yes where <clears throat> like when you were around people i mean oh i mean when you were soaking up their stuff yeah, it's, it's a difference of night and day, really, you know, for, for yeah. myself, because, uh, again, I think that, you know, any substance, right, any substance that I can use uh, that can take me or numb my sensitivity in some way, it made me become a different person. It made me become more of the life of the party, maybe come out of my shell in, in some sense, right? Yeah. And when I'm, you know, now being sober and really, you know, and again, the sober part of it is my sensitivity is heightened because I'm not using anything to take that away, you know? Um, right. And, and you know what? I shouldn't, you know, I have to say this, like caffeine is a drug, you know? I'm not saying it's a bad drug, but I'm saying that if I get too caffeinated, it, it also messes with my sensitivity as well. Do you see what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So if I went to Starbucks and had a double shot, which I don't, I can't handle, but if I did yeah. um, there, that's going to take me out of myself a little too and, and dull that sensitivity of myself um there but uh again going back to that where you know that at those times of using anything would to take me i'd be i'm okay to walk into a room full of people and have a conversation today i'm not 
which is like what you said is funny because I know I do, you know, Facebook lives about teaching a mediumship and stuff like that, or people that meet me or people that see me, you know, come to a demonstration or a gallery and I'm up there and I'm just, you know, going on and on. And, and it's funny because afterwards, or, or, you know, if I were to walk into uh, like a school function for one of my kids and all these other parents around me, I become shy and introverted. You know, yeah. I really am, you know, people say, Oh no, he must talk, you know, no, I'm not really like that. You know, so it's very interesting to me. You know, another thing I just want to say this too is besides the psychic self-defense, I would say, you know, as part of self-care is, is also the sense of like taking time for self. Yes. So that's a big thing, whether it be through, uh, I, I do love to meditate, um, but not all the time. I want to sit here and just try to, you know, meditate. Yeah, uh, I, so, I get it. <laughs> Yeah, so sometimes, you know, going outside, especially in, if it's spring or summer, uh, walking barefoot, as crazy as it sounds on the grass, makes me feel real good. Uh, doing gardening, cutting my lawn, uh, you know, uh, or taking a, a salt bath, an Epsom salt bath can really, uh, you know, kind of ground out my energy in some sense and then helps me take care of me. But all, you know, yeah. I, and I think probably number one too is exercise. Uh, right. Myself. That's probably my number one because I do feel like it gives me, it does ground me. It gets, it grounds my mind in some way too as well. And it kind of gets me into that, that flow where we yeah. know that meditation doesn't have to be sitting in a Zen position. Right. No thoughts, no thought. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, you could walk and do a meditation or you could be on the treadmill and do a meditation. So that's, that's what I find my meditations are more like the moving meditations. And um, it's something that I'm going to, I'm going to put out there that I'm going to be able to sit still and do it other than the crystal, like I love crystal bowl meditation. Um, but sitting still is really difficult for me where even like sitting here doing this interview, I'm moving my feet, you know, it's like, I'm always moving. That's just how I am. Um, but I truly believe in that it's powerful and taking that time to carve out the time for yourself because it's so easy to put everyone else ahead and really you can't give every everything to everyone if you're not recharging yourself. Yeah. Um, I want, I know we're kind of towards the end, but I want to ask a question for you too, that I kind of, I've been thinking of what made the addiction start? Like what, what was the first thing that happened that caused this? Like, were you, did you have pain that you had to take medication for? Was it like, what was it? You know, it, it, you know that's, that's an interesting question because it makes me think, right? Where, again, I go back to when I first started, you know, my drug use and I didn't do something very normal. I didn't smoke pot first. I actually took LSD uh, mm -hmm. for my first time. And uh, again, I was 15. I was 14 or 15 years old. So there was no specific thing besides just being curious uh, to it. People were doing it around me. Uh, you know, a neighbor actually is the one that had it. And so she kind of, not egged me on, but she said, oh, you should try. And so I did it. And, and, um, and like I said, when the first time I ever tried it uh, later on, and you know, that's not a very easy thing to try for your first time. Cause it's like an eight hour, you know, right. yeah. it's not like, you know, you get high for, you know, on pot for an hour, an hour and a half and you're starting to come down. Um, but I knew that I said, I remember, I remember clear as day. I said, I love this because it took me out of me. And so I didn't know, again, I didn't know that I was sensitive. I remember being, you know, maybe the, the, my girlfriend that I had in high school, oh, you're too sensitive or you're too that, you know what I mean? So, uh, but I didn't know that. But again, going back to childhood, you know, uh, I see it in my children now. My son Phoenix is very sensitive. Um, and I see it like, 
with my dad in my childhood where I would remember my dad would, you know, my parents were divorced. My dad would me up the weekends and he would just say, go change your shirt. Not yelling, but I took it as yelling because it was the energy, the annoyance yeah. behind his energy of his mouth. So I was been that sensitive my whole life. So when I first tried it, that's what it was. But there was a point in my relapse. So now, because like I said, I'm not a first time winner. There was years I had sobriety, then I would relapse. Years I had sobriety, then I relapsed. Then I'd have a year, then I'd relapse. Um, but there was a, a point of a six year uh, sobriety there. And then when I relapsed, I in, uh, around 2008, I had to go for back surgery. And leading up to the back surgery, I had major issues with my back clearly. And that's what I think what made me opt for the surgery because I couldn't live like how I was living anymore. I was literally going to a pain management clinic after, you know, cortisone shots and epidurals in my back. And then they just sent me off to pain management. And I was literally getting 180 Roxa sets, 15 milligram Roxa sets a month to the point where, and I live in the New York City metro area. And mm -hmm. I would have to call when I would leave that pain management with my prescription, I would have to call the, the pharmacies around me because they didn't even carry 180. Uh, like they'd be like, well, we have 100, 180 yeah what that you know they would be like what you know so it was the most they would always have was 120 that's pa that's not like percocets that's the next step up from percocets because yeah. percocets i think stop at 10 rocks said start at 15 milligrams and so that was uh that was my monthly supply wow. uh so and i would go through that i would easily have gone through that and that's where i was like i can't i just can't live like this anymore it was i've never uh it's legal heroin it's legal heroin uh the open the opioid uh you know especially what you see now what's happening now in, in this uh in our society today with with the addictions of it but sitting in that room uh i remember sitting in that pain management clinic and i felt like literally i was sitting in uh probably what would feel like a crack den uh there because it, I, no one looked normal no one yeah. I just, it was horrible and so that that messed with me because part of Again, I was in pain and with my back, and but I was getting it was legal, you know, I was getting a prescription for it. But I knew that I couldn't, I, I couldn't, I mean, it was, I, I just never, I, I just feel the emotion now of it. Yeah. I don't ever want to go back into a place like that. And I pray for anyone that's in that spot now because I was, was when I would run out, I would then have to go to the street and find uh, Percocets. And I mean, I remember even a time at the time I, I wound up breaking my girlfriend at the time pink piggy bank like a little pink piggy mm -hmm. bank to get, take money out of it to go because i ran out of pills yeah. uh that, and it was a couple of days before i would go and get my prescription not a way to live i thank god that I've, I've come back there's so many uh unfortunate mothers with children that i read for that have lost their child uh, uh to to opioids or drug overdose and um i'm just grateful to be alive yeah i know i'm grateful too <laughs> A, a, a true addict or an alcoholic, they talk about in the big book of AA, it talks about the phenomena of craving uh, there. And so it's an, it's an allergy. It's just like anything else. Like a kid takes a peanut, they blow up now. You know what I mean? They have the peanut allergy or uh, somebody gets stung by a bee. They, they, you know what I mean? They, they, the ones that are allergic to bee stings, they blow yeah. up. They need some sort of medicine, right? Um, uh, to help them. And so I, you know, that's what I tried. I, and I tried not because just going back and trying it, I tried to heal myself. I tried to, through, you know, subconscious patterning, uh, affirmations, through uh, hypnosis, self-hypnosis, inner child work, even inner child work with a therapist uh, uh, there, yeah. going back and forth, 
um, really dealing with tapping, EFT tapping. I mean, I tried pretty much every modality I could. And what I would do was, it's, I mean, it may sound crazy to some because I was so like, I felt that I truly would have been able to heal that in some fundamental level. And the only reason I was really trying to heal it was, again, to have just one, you know, and, and it just didn't work for me. So uh, again, it, you know, through the process of everything that I tried, I would, you know, go for a couple of weeks and I would do all this, you know, internal work and uh, try to find out where these patterns were enlarged through, you know, going back to childhood through hypnosis, then through affirmations and self-hypnosis of healing myself that I'm not an addict and all this other stuff. Uh, and then I would go out and try again. I would try, I wouldn't try, uh, it wasn't any hardcore drugs. I would just try to smoke pot. You know, I would try mm -hmm. Uh, to see if you know what would happen and I always found that next day I would be looking for it again uh, there and it was that you know and I would do it again and I would be like okay this didn't work and so I kind of went on with that for god it's got to be you know almost like year a year and a half you know in in that process of you know again it wasn't every week I tried it I try I would take a break then I would go back to this really hardcore you know healing trying to work on myself you know through the things that I just said uh, even meditation uh, there in that sense. And, but it just didn't, you know, for me, it didn't work. And, and eventually um, I had to kind of put it aside because I mm -hmm. felt that it was starting to get worse and worse. I started to want that. It was a phenomenon. The phenomenon of craving started to happen, you know, it almost was like, yeah. well, wait, am I doing this now? Because, because I know that I can use again, you know, and for me and, 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 and in our line of work, right. As a sensitive yeah. person, I find that it just numbs myself. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. It, it definitely, I felt that there was definitely times where it grounded me in some sense or it let me let go and there was some sort of release of the struggles that I felt as a sensitive person uh, in that sense where I could just kind of let go and not have to deal with the outside world. You know, mm -hmm. I kind of would go inward about it and, and it would make me relax for that night. But again, for me, it was someone that has that, Again, I, I, and we don't know what it is, right? Because I don't, I don't know if science has ever found it. Is it a gene? Uh, is it predisposed? You know what I mean? Is it genetic? I mean, there, I think there's so many things there where, you know, again, I, it's so interesting to me because when you look at the process of astrology and, uh, and some people, and again, it, just like the line of work that we do, some people believe in astrology, some people don't. Uh, but it was interesting to me, just not too long ago, someone sent, uh, something about my chart where they were looking at it and you know Chiron which is called the wounded healer mm -hmm. and they say that Chiron in our chart kind of brings through lessons that we learn in this life you know things that we signed up and so Chiron's in my 12th house and what was so interesting what that uh, addiction is you know one of your lifelong struggles uh there That's and then and then the, and on the yeah I know I was like whoa this is crazy and then it also says that dealing with a parent or dealing with a parent uh, that has an addiction. And so we know, I know that it runs in my family line. If you want to say that my, my grandfather died of cirrhosis of the liver, you know, so mm -hmm. he was an alcoholic, my father's side uh, there. And then my dad stayed away from it for, for many, many years. I, I think that he, again, I always think that there's some sort of addiction and maybe we're just taking it out on something else. Like he stayed away from alcohol and drugs uh, because he yeah. watched his father. And then here, you know, and then in, in, you know, my generation here, I, you know, was introduced to it and I loved it from the first time I tried it again, because it was, it took me out of me and it took me away from dealing with not, I didn't know that I was sensitive at that mm -hmm. young. I didn't know that I felt these deeper feelings potentially more than others. Uh, right. there, and I didn't know why I struggled with my emotions and feelings 
uh, in that way. And it was always interesting when at a young age, my mom being actually a counselor uh, in a, a rehabilitation center would always want to say, well, let's talk about it. How does that make you feel? And mm -hmm. as a, you know, 13, 14, 15 year old year young boy, I was like, nah, you know, what are you talking about feeling? You know what I mean? I didn't yeah. know. I, you know, we don't know at that age, I feel like, or, or it's not talked about. And potentially maybe that is something that should be brought up in education in some way. Uh, and we don't talk about it. You know, we teach history and we teach science and whatever else, uh, English, but we don't, we don't talk about our emotions or feelings in some sense. So maybe mental health uh, there. But so again, from that young age, um, when I first started to try or dabble in uh, illegal substances, um, that's when I found that I, I, I loved it because it took me out of me. Yeah, that makes so much sense. So you healing yourself, you felt like didn't work. So what did work? Was it? it abstinence, abstinence, you know, abstinence, you know, for me, again, that's for me. I, I don't, I don't necessarily know. So here's the thing, right? When we talk about, and, and, and the reason why I bring this up in this way is because again, it's, it's that I hate to call it new age, but mentality, but uh, let's say the new things that are being found or the newer things also that science and quantum physics is, is saying in some sense, but there's even a battle there, right? There's people, you know, scientists that say that that's not true and this is true and that's true and not true. Uh, what I'm saying is when we talk about our creating our reality, right? That's what I'm saying at, in 2011, 2012, I went full force with thinking that this was the truth. This is the way, you know what I mean? And that we do come to create a reality. And yet I couldn't create my reality that I can use when I want to and it'd be okay because the phenomena of craving inside myself begins, right? I can't yeah. just use successfully once. And so for me, it was, again, going back to abstinence, you know what I mean? Or, or, or of, of just be, staying sober, you, you know what I mean? And, and so that, that's, it, trust me, there's times that I want, you know, there's times that I want to be able to go out and do that uh, or have that release or just not worry. Uh, but it, it just hasn't happened. Uh, I've heard a lot of good things about sacred plant medicine. And so I think at one point I will try that. Like mm -hmm. uh, you've, I've heard a lot of, uh, I've read a lot of, uh, like I'm a researcher, right? I've yeah, heard a, I am too. A lot of, yeah, a lot of research about um, people with addictions and, uh, you know, through ayahuasca or other plant medicines that they're able to heal themselves. But again, I don't know if it's, I don't know if we're able to heal ourselves on that, the, the chorus level that, that I'll be able to, you know, drink or use drugs again, how I would want to. That's to me was creating my reality. Creating my reality was that I want to use successfully uh, there. Oh, I, want to I use, understand. Okay. Yes. Like, go out like a normal person. So normal people, they'll, they'll go two, three months sometimes, and then they'll go out and have a drink. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or uh, maybe in a state that it's legal, they'll have a pop brownie or they'll go to, you know, whatever the case may be, you know what I mean? But I, that's where I'm saying I couldn't, I was trying to create that. I I could, so there's like under, you know, again, where does that come in? Like there's underlying rules or laws of the universe, right? And one of them happens to be for me that I, I have this sort of addiction and, and I, and I can't use successfully or I haven't been able to do it. And therefore for me, what worked was finding complete abstinence, you know? And it's funny when I went back, right, all of a sudden there was a time I felt really drawn back to the big book of AA. And I was like, what's going on here? And there's so much crazy stuff when you look at the history again of Dr. Bob, 
uh, uh, and um, Bill Wilson and Dr. Bob, who are the two founders of AA. Bill Wilson, they find out in the 1930s, he was sitting in seances. He was, he was a spiritualist. Uh, there was this whole thing, like, you know, and he has this, that's how the AA steps come. You know, he has this, he says, what well, it's a light in his room and he's given the information. So was he oh. channeling the information, right? But there's this whole behind it, people, you know, there's just all these stories behind that. It's not talked about in the mainstream of, of, of 12-step programs that Bill sat in, in seances, literally uh, back then. And so uh, I, I was drawn back to it. I was like, oh, maybe I'll draw back to it to read it now from that way. And there was a, a line there and it said, uh, you know, the true alcoholic or addict, uh, no matter what, there is, I, I'm not saying it correctly, but the concept of it is that no matter what, your whole life will be spent on thinking that you can cure yourself. And when I read that, I went, oh my God, that's me. Like, I've been trying to do that for this long. You know what yeah. I mean? And so it just, I had to just end it. Wow. So I do want to say everyone could go to, it's anthonymaraca.com, right? To get more information um, for development classes, for readings, and um, anything that they need from your website. So, so that's perfect. And so this is a question that I'm asking all of my guests that come on. And the question is, what was your biggest epiphany moment in your life? The biggest one that you could think of? And then what would the lesson come from that, that you could help the world, um, that you can share with the world? The biggest epiphany. Yeah, that shift in your life that you're like, okay, that's something that, I can think of one for you, but I, I don't want to tell you it because I'm thinking of a story <laughs> you told me. <laughs> but something that sticks out in uh, your mind. No, I want to hear yours now though. What's your opinion? Well, I was thinking of the Blessed Mother story, but I don't know if you've shared that. Which one? The when the, when I heard? I think, yeah, I think you were in the bathroom or something. Okay, I, that okay. So I see what you're saying. I, I'm thinking of epiphany in the sense of like some sort of mental awareness that goes off in my it, mind. No, it is. It is. I but you share yours. Share yeah. yours. Yeah, but I so I that was I could say this. Let me say this. Uh. I don't share it that often because I feel like, again, having the skeptical mind, people will probably roll their eyes. Uh, oh, sure. You know, uh, but, but, they could that, feel it. but that was a pivotal moment for me because it made me realize there's something else happening that, and, and my skeptical mind is wrong uh, there. And so it was a time that I taught myself how to meditate. Like I said, I used to lay down uh, and, and, and sit there and breathe and I would, fallen it felt like a trance really it was an altered state of consciousness it's not like the typical meditation i think that i, that I do today uh there and so uh, i remember that i did this and and as i did this about you know within like seven minutes seven eight minutes i would fall into a different kind of uh state of consciousness and uh i remember clearly i was living by myself so i have to be clear on that i was living by myself uh no one lived with me i didn't have a roommate no one had the keys to my place that my girlfriend didn't have my keys to the place or anything like that and as I sat there uh, and, and meditated, I, I heard a direct voice. We call it direct voice, right? I heard, you know, in mediumship, a lot of times we, you know, we hear things, our, our clairaudience is, is our, in, within our mind, right? But this was a woman's voice outside of myself, like if me and you were talking right now. And clearly, she, I heard the words, don't be so anxious, experience. And I said, what? And I kept breathing. I said, who's here? In my mind, 
I said this in my mind because I'm in this meditation. In my mind, I said, who's here? And uh, it's, she said back to me, St. Mary. And at that point, I went, <gasps> you know, I had this in meditation. You know, I'm still laying there meditating. Like, oh, well, my God. And I started to go into this really place of gratitude because, you know, leading up to this, I was told that Mother Mary is the one that saved me and through my addiction, right? And so uh, someone weirdly came out and said this to me. It was like, wait, what? And then why it was so weird to me, because 12 years prior, so 12 years earlier, another time that I was, you know, facing a, a serious battle in my addiction, then uh, another woman told me that St. Mary saved me. And so now these two experiences happen, and now all of a sudden this is happening, like another time that I'm sober, and now I'm hearing this outside my... To the point where that last time I had to jump someone's effing with me. Like <laughs> there's someone in my place and messing with me. And I opened my eyes. And like I said, there was no one, there was no one there. I even got up. I checked my whole house. Like, no, there's gotta be someone messing with me. And no one was there. And so at the time I was still smoking cigarettes. I spoke, <laughs> I spoke for a lie. I was like, what is going on? You know? And I said, well, if that's true, like, I mean, with that, you know, let's do it again. And so I laid back down after my cigarette. And I, I tried again, and I, and I uh, made, uh, created the intention there to connect. And this time, I saw things clairvoyantly that I've never, it, still to this day, I've never seen clairvoyance that clear with my eyes closed. It was like I literally was watching, and she showed me uh, you know, these, these specific symbolisms that I had for her. That someone said that, you know, when you see like a pink rose, that will be, you know, uh, actually someone told me to bring a pink rose to Mother Mary. Yeah. And so I was like, again, all those weird things happen. I'm like, I better do it. So I did. I found a, a, a statue of Mother Mary at a church and I went in the middle of the night and I brought this pink rose. To her. I actually still have the picture of it uh, there. And so she started showing me the, these are the symbolisms that I was seeing with my eyes closed. Like I'm watching TV. It was really weird. Yeah. And I jumped up again and I've never... I've never experienced direct voice like that again. And I've never seen clairvoyance like that again, ever in nine years now uh, there. And I think I, th I think that's probably why I, I became a meditator because I chased that. I chased yeah. that experience of wanting it again. But it, it, looking back, that was probably the most, you know, the epiphany experience that made me believe something is happening here something outside myself. Yeah. Uh, I heard this. I'm not crazy. What is going on here? And, you know, ever since this day, I, again, I, I get filled with gratitude. I feel the emotion inside me. I'm, I'm very thankful. I do, I, you know, I'm not religious. That's the funny part, by the way. I am not religious. I was not raised religious. Okay. I was, I didn't go to CCD. My sisters went, my older sisters went, but my mom was a single mom uh, at the time. She went back to uh, uh, night school to get her master's to better herself for her kids. And so uh, I, I missed CCD. So I was never raised religious. So now St. Mary's taught, like, what is going on here? You know, mm -hmm. and I believe in Jesus and I believe in Mary and I just don't see them in the dogmatic way of the religion. I always say Jesus is my homeboy. I think Jesus yeah. was the ultimate healer that walked the earth. And I read and I, you know, I read about him and I, I study about him and I love Yogananda, uh, you know, uh, Paramahansa Yogananda has a whole book uh, on the yoga of Christ. And, and so all these things, you know what I mean? I'm, I love those types of uh, St. Mary and, and Jesus and, and the deities, but, uh, and I feel supported by them. And that's right. where I feel like I feel the emotion. I feel like my life was saved for a reason and therefore 
uh, uh, if it's to help one person, whether that be through uh, sobriety, addiction, hearing my story, whether that be through connecting a loved one uh, through mediumship, through uh, connecting a mother to a child that's been lost through addiction, or you know the, the, the woman that's lost her grandmother that just wants to come through and provide evidence and validation uh, there. There's a reason I believe that we're all here and we all have some sort of purpose, some sort of divine ability uh, that, that the soul is, is, is working uh, and the universe is always kind of guiding you in that direction if we surrender and let go to it. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing your story and being really vulnerable because I feel like this is going to help more than one person. So thank you, Anthony, for being here today. Yeah, thank you. So thank you for having me so much. It's always and, and, and just keep, you know, again, you know what you and Tony are doing. I know that's just helping tons of people, too, as well. So thank you so much for, for you guys being you and you being yourself. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you liked it, leave a five-star review on iTunes. And remember, subscribe to our YouTube channel too. If you can think of anyone else that would love this episode, share it with them right now on social media or email. And remember, getting results is a process of learning, applying, and reflecting. Stay consistent and continue to grow every day.